Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to Nickish. You are listening to episode one of our fifth season. We went from the 2018, 19, 17, and 65 win team talking about Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier, David Fizzo, all the way to today's Knicks, a young group two years removed from a fourth seed playoff berth led by the coach of the year. Plenty of bright spots to look ahead to and talk about this upcoming season. Bringing in my man Nafi here. What's going on, man? How you doing? Going good, man. Feeling refreshed. How can you not? It's uh. Was it a content remedial day yesterday or the day prior? So, brand new season, both with the Knicks and us. You know what I mean? So, happy to get it started. How you doing, Fuzz? Honestly, I was going to say I'm feeling really shitty because the Giants lost against Dallas on primetime yeah. television. You know, We block but, out negativity here, bro. Come on now. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to say, after you guys did the, the season five shout-out, I'm going to say, like, positive vibes only. Like, uh, you know, great job from you guys with the last four seasons. And I'm looking forward to starting off this season with, you know, a bang. Oh, thanks. With a Mike Breen bang. Yeah, yes, hey, thanks. Now, t- the first day when it's it's content day or media day, or the fuck they call it now, it's like a chance to just let go of the residue of the season prior, especially if you're a Knicks fan. Just let it all go, all the trade rumors of the summer, everything that happened last season. Just just let it go. Let's move forward. Let's not talk about the past. I mean, obviously with this Knicks team, we're gonna we're gonna be stuck to the past for a while. But I'm ready to move on. Um, but let's let's talk a little bit about what Nickish man like fifth season fifth year doing this. There aren't that many podcasts out there that has made it to five seasons, and the amount of stuff that we've had to endure. You know, listeners can go back to to the very first episode and just check out what the vibe was like for the Knicks and just every episode since then. The kind of ups and downs, mostly downs that we've had to deal with and talk about. But it's been here, bro. Half half a decade we've been doing this. It's kind of crazy. Whole kindergartner like length of time. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's crazy, bro. That's this team, man. I mean, if we weren't like podcasting for the last five years, you know what I mean, we would have been talking about this team on a daily basis anyway, right? That's, That's just how much we are sick fiends and and fans of the, of the New York Knicks, our beloved Knicks, who happen to hurt us sometimes. But you know, as you said, fresh chapter, kind of let go of the residue. That's a nice word, by the way. I like that residue of the last season. Um, but then, you know, you have Tibbs uh, spouting some bullshit residue at the press conference today. So, you know, it's kind of like tough to let go, right? But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. We'll get into that. But as far as Nickish, man, I mean, simply put, I feel like, yo, we're not, we're about, like, what's it, uniting Knicks fans? Not even uniting. That sounds like some uh, hyper-political shit. But just like, yo, we just fans just trying to make dope shit for all the Knicks fans, you know what I mean? Shit to share the love of our team and rep the team we love and the city we love, right? And, you know, we say, like, don't just be a fan, be Nickish. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, the Knicks, us fans, they're our essence. And then the Knicks, the fans are the essence of the Knicks. You know what I mean? So that's kind of like what we're about. We got the apparel. You know what I mean? We do snapback coming tomorrow, right? Going live at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Reception so far seems to g- be good with our little uh, Martin Scorsese level teasers and teases mm-hmm. we've been doing. You know what I mean? Cinematic with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. Excited for the season. Obviously, snapbacks coming, and we got a fun fall ahead. You know what I mean? Yeah, we we're calling this our Borough Pride hats because for the o- mm-hmm. the first and only time we're gonna do it for these for you know for this style, uh, each borough is gonna have a separate hat. You know, Queens all the way to Staten Island. You got your own hat, Staten Island. 
get one tomorrow. Shaolin. Hey, facts. So li- limited quantity, limited time. Get your hats tomorrow, 8 p.m., nick-ish.com. And uh, we got our, uh, you know, other pieces coming along, but let's we'll, we'll stick to the hats for now. We'll, we'll keep it going. Uh, we got we got plenty more coming in throughout, throughout the month for the, for the new season, so excited about that. Uh, Nickish. The word Nickish. Faiz, what does that what what does that mean to you when you when you hear the word Nickish? It's about the aura and essence of a Knicks fan. Like it's all about how there's just this demographic of fans that is nothing like the rest of the NBA. Where like if I tell you about what the Celtics did or something, no one's ever like, oh, that's such a Celticy move. Like that's such a like, oh, Lakers ish move. Like, like it, you know, you'll never evil. hear that. But like with the Knicks, you will always hear like that's such a Nickish thing to happen. Like that's such a Nick like. And you know you say Nikki, it doesn't sound nice, but you hear Nikki, she just rolls off the tongue. It's just, it's all about, it's all about the fans. It's all about what we represent. And you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's a better team representing th- that brand of of Knicks fans. Nicely put. And um, I guess when, I guess for us, when me, me and Mo way back in 2018, the bygone era of of, of Fisdale, he who is you know shall not be named and. You know, yeah, it has been named twice, but continue. I yeah, digress. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we started off just basically us like reclaiming something we saw as a derogatory way. I mean, like you got you go to UrbanDictionary.com, type in Nickish, you'll see a quote literally Charles Barkley said on air on TNT. Like it, it was like some shit like it'd be really Nickish of them to blow this lead. You know what I mean? And we heard that for years, basically. Like oh, some dumb shit happens, some Nickish shit to happen. It's a, oh, this is a very Nickish thing this XYZ team is doing when the Knicks have nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? So, us, being who we are, we're like, ah, yo, fuck that shit. We're going to reclaim it. You know what I mean? It's our word now. You're not just a fan. You're Nickish. You know what I mean? Don't just be a fan. Be Nickish. <laughs> that, that, that trademark's in process, so don't even think about it. Nickish is our word. It belongs to Nickish LLC. You know what I'm saying? It's already owned. Mm-hmm. It's taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Loki. In my head, I was like, you know, we're kind of hyping this up, like season five, sure. And then like Mo said, like half a decade, and you said kindergarten, and like it really like fell into place into my head the context of that, and I was like, yo, shit, like half a fucking decade, like, Rough. you know, hats off to you guys, man. Hats off to to the Nickish fans. Hats off to to everyone involved in in such a meaningful thing. Yes, sir. Yo, hats off to you, bro. Like, you're not just a mid-season acquisition no more. This is, like, the first full season <laughs> of, like, us having Mello. You hear me? We oh, this is, this is our back content day. We got Mello in, like, the trade deadline. Then we had the full season afterwards. And then what happened? We won 54 games. So, we're here now. We got Faiz for the full season. Let's go Let's get that. that 54 wins. Hell yeah. Figuratively. I don't have no way the Knicks are winning that many this season. <laughs> but figuratively. <laughs> Yo, bed po- best podcast, best apparel, best hats, best best hoodies, best sweatshirts. That's Nickish. We got the mm. best apparel for the Knicks fans in the market. Second, uh, second, close second, as I always say, is a, is a New York Knicks apparel. They're, they're pretty solid, too. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff, guys. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> hey, hit us up for some tips. We, we can help you guys out with that. <laughs> All right. Enough of the, the pleasantries, as I like to say. Let's get negative. Who's ready for our first Tom Thibodeau bitch session of the season, of season five? I'm kidding, but like you know, obviously we had media slash content day, so uh, some interesting things happened. Some things were said. Um, you know, we had the same quotes from players like, "Oh, best shit of my life." You know what I mean? I feel so much better. Yada 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 from every team. But I'm I'm gonna throw it to you guys. Like Faiz, Mo, what what do you want to hit on first? Like you want to start with the negativity as far as tips, or 
anything interesting that caught your eye at uh, media day and the days that followed? I mean, the vibes looked immaculate for for the players <laughs> at least. You know, I mean, I, I can't take things too seriously when it's media day. I, we've seen it plenty of times. The same things over again. Oh, we some dogs now. We we we're gonna be a, we're gonna be a surprise team this season. Like, watch out for the Knicks. Like, it's gonna be different this season. And you know what? It, it may as well just be different. And it might be good. Um, but I can't take it too seriously. I can't get upset over things if I don't see them on the court. You know, I, a lot of fans tend to spend a lot of energy based off, you know, something as small as whether or not Jalen Brunson dapped up R.J. Barrett. He dapped up Julius. He didn't dap up R.J. Barrett. Like, like, who cares, bro? Like, obviously, it's a joke. Like, like why why would it? Why would you see that and immediately think that, yo, Brunson don't fuck with R.J.? Like, that he's not going to dish out the ball to him. He's not going to get him at the open. He's not going to get him to open shots. Like, it's not going to be like that. Um, and, you know, the one thing that caught a lot of fans' eyes, including myself, was when Tibbs was questioned about the starting lineup. And, you know, it seemed like all the other positions had someone ready, just not the shooting guard position. You know what? As expected, because you have someone who's, play, who's getting paid $72 million, who started pretty much all, all the games last season as shooting guard, and you got someone who's coming off his, who's going to be in a second year in the NBA in Quentin Grimes. So... It's not I, – I can understand. It's frustrating, but I can understand why he's saying it's that the guy who's getting paid $72 million, the veteran, is in the front runner. He didn't say that that's his position to lose. He said it's – you know, he's a front runner right now, but it doesn't mean it's going to be that way. If it if, – if if what happens is that Quinn Grimes gets motivated that way and decides to play him out during preseason and during training camp and then gets a starting role, then great. Tibbs playing chess, you know. But I'm not going to take it too seriously right now. I'll wait a couple of games before – I really have my true feelings out about that. That's that's really the only thing that really caught my eye for me day. Other other or content day. Otherwise, everything looked pretty good, normal, on pace as all the other years. Pretty measured take. Fais, how you feel? I I, I need that polar opposite because I I agree with Mo, but like no, we need to start off seeing five with a bang, bro. Ran about Tibbs, his ugly ass beard, the fucking that comb over that just like is just put together by hope and will. Like, you know what I mean, guys? <laughs> Listen, Just get if, negative. Was, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. if it was any other coach, like I would take the quotes so lightly, would take it like, oh, you know, he, he just, it's what you said. Like, I totally agree with you. And like, this isn't a, a violation on Evan Fournier where this guy just broke, broke our season three point record. Like he's getting paid. He's a good player defensively maybe he won't fit in the starting lineup as well but like in general like i, I like evan fournier we we were one of the pods that wasn't like super like completely bashing him after the season was over but it's more like it's the, it's the sentiment behind tibbs and we just know the type of guy he is where he keeps these tight 10-man rotations and like he likes playing uh you know he likes going with the older guys veterans and whatnot so it's just frustrating to hear him specifically say that if any other coach would have said that i would have been like sure but it's like it's like it's like when that one annoying friend that you don't really want around, like, keep saying one, like, you know, suggest something and you're like, just shut up, bro. I don't want to hear it from you. Like, I just don't want to hear it from you. And I know Tibbs does like uh, Grimes and he's like, he gave Grimes, like, you know, he did enable Grimes to play a lot of those minutes and let us see what we love so much about Quentin Grimes. But I'm just, I'm, I'm already frustrated with Tibbs. I didn't want to start the season like this. So I'm going to take what they said on media day or content day whatever you want to call it very lightly but i'll say i'm excited because i'm glad that media day is over with 
all those media crudies can stop bitching and moaning about I didn't have access to ask you call media literally crudies? nothing. Uh, you know, all you these people, bro, these people were feeding to ask these guys questions and they didn't ask any, like, not, did anything of substance come out of those questions? Like, Hell no. Nothing? <laughs> no. So, like, you guys were feeding to ask these guys something, nothing even came out of it. Like, so, I'm just excited now, like, today we saw the official start of training camp. That's what I'm much more excited about. It's dope that the NBA, the NBA does the media day all together at once. So, all all the teams are kind of like in this like kind of like Christmas spirit. You know what I mean? Like NBA first season day of school, spirit. It's picture day. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you literally saw that with them holding the signs and trying to do the school school year shit. So, it's cute, you know? It's it's it's, it's a nice service to the fans and yeah. I, I feel serviced. <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> I was just, no not some Deshaun shit, but <laughs> hey. hey, hey. All right. Um I mean Y'all both make fair points, and, like, the rational side of me is like, all right, I'm not going to get worked up over it, but, you know what I mean, like, and this might lean towards reactionary, but, like, yo, Faizu made a good point. It's like, he's, Tibbs, we know who he is. He's a rigid dude set in his ways, and he said all, kind of like, from the whole offseason, we're hearing from his mouthpiece, Mark Berman, um, saying how, like, oh, he's turned over a new leaf, and he regrets not playing the young kids, you know what I mean? And then, like, hearing the quote today about Fournier's, you know, spot in the starting lineup, that's the first the first thing that at least I initially, you know, as a, as a you know, what I mean, with human feelings first refer back to is just like, all right, he's, he's back on his bullshit again. You know what I mean? But obviously we'll see how it plays out. But I would have preferred just like for him to just flat out say, no, nah, it's an open competition. You know what I mean? Like kind of embrace, empower both players. You know what I mean? You don't have to just say like, oh, he's a uh, is a front runner. And I guess that's Tibbs old school style. You know what I mean? You want to kind of keep uh, give the young kids crumbs and keep them hungry. You know what I mean? Maybe that's how he's doing it, and to us fans, that's annoying, and we saw it last year where, you know, as opposed to a lot of the stupid people, stupid people that say playing the young players is equals tanking, nah, last year, anytime the young players played more, we were playing better as a team, right? So it's like, with that being said, that's all in the context of working with. It'd be one thing if this quote came from Tibbs today in his first training camp as our coach, you know what I mean? But we got two years of his track record and two years of, like, frustrating moments, right? So... I'm one to incline with, with, with Mo, you know what I mean? Or I'm, I'm inclined to kind of agree with that sentiment. But I don't think the people that are pissed about the what Tip said today are exactly out of balance, you know what I mean? Like, I would preach patience, you know what I mean? Let's, it's, it's, it's season five for us. It's a new season for the Knicks. Let's all kind of, like, let go of old uh, grudges, you know what I mean, and move on. But I, I won't, uh, you know, blame people that find it hard to move on when Tibbs is kind of like, you know what I mean, as as, as any, you know, toxic toxic significant other you know what I mean oh yeah i'll change and then just does the same shit for two days in a row three days in a row turns into weeks months years and then you know we got 72 year old tibbs coaching us you know what I mean? who's to say um but yeah that's just my take on this shit what, what do you think mo yeah no i'm i mean you mostly you said you you're inclined to agree with what i had to say so uh i i think one thing's guaranteed is that we're gonna be annoyed with with tib with what tibbs does anyway there's gonna be a, a vet that he overplays and that's just the situation you just got to come to peace with it now before the season starts um you know randall well something that derrick rose said that was interesting was mm. the whole uh hold hold guys accountable that this is what this season's going to be about and um you know obviously people are going to point to him throwing subs at randall I, I don't think that's really the case. You know, teammates don't really do that. A team, especially when you're 15-year pro in the, in the NBA like Derrick Rose, if he has something to say, he'll just say it to you. Um, but I think it, it is important that he, as a veteran of the team, as I'm not calling him the leader of the team, but I think from a locker room standpoint, he is the leader of the team. 
and he him trying to kind of set the tone for the for the team moving forward as far as them holding themselves accountable and like you know obviously we hear certain things at every media day that kind of sort of sets the tone like you know like Marcus Morris saying a couple of years ago, you know, we got dogs on this team, whatever. Well, we kind of took that to heart and kind of wanted to see it. And I want to say at least for the first couple of months, they tried showing that at least Morris did. And I think with Rose saying that we're going to hold each, we're going to hold ourselves accountable and hold the team accountable and, and the players, but then that's, that's a positive thing for him to do. And I think, especially if the season, you know, the way it starts out, doesn't go the way we want it, or at least how they want it. Well, we're going to see more guys, especially Randall, if, if he's the guy who's you know responsible or the, or the main culprit to come out and speak to the media because he wasn't doing that last season. He was mm. he was dealing with his emotions and didn't want to talk to the media. And RJ came out instead. I think if if we're in a, if we're seeing a similar situation like that, we're probably going to see Randall come out and talk to the media because it's going to come back to Rose again. Hopefully, setting the tone for the rest of the team. I dig that the whole and most definitely D Rose is a respected locker room reader, leader. But I do think it was a sub towards uh, Randall because it, this isn't the first time Rose had said something like this. You know what I mean, D Rose said along the same lines. He had a similar quote last year. It's about having accountability from the top of the bench to the bottom. You know what I mean? And uh, to me, like fair point is that like a leader would address it directly within you know keep it in house. But I think you know D Rose being a 15 year vet and a pro's pro at this stage, he knows the power that the media plays within. Uh, pro sports, you know what I mean? So he knows that, like, him going off on, on, in a press conference at a media day and saying that, it's going to reverberate and circulate to a point where it's not just directly him telling uh, Julius, it's going to be out there. It's going to be in the atmosphere. It's going to be like, okay, somebody, a vet on the team, is actually saying what us fans feel, right? And part of my thinking, what you know, there's a whole lot of factors. We, we, we talked about it enough last season, but I feel like there was a whole lot of factors that made for a frustrating and disappointing season from Randall. I think Today's quote kind of had me thinking one underrated factor was just like D-Rose not being healthy for the majority of the season. Him kind of having, it's one thing to be a leader in a, in, while you're wearing a suit and street clothes on the bench. And it's another thing to be that dude on the court, being the guy that closes the games like he did in that magical season. You know what I mean? Um, I think that is probably contributed to, you know, the demeanor we saw from Julius. And I feel like, knock on wood, Rose being healthy and Jalen coming in, Jalen Brunson coming in being a de facto point guard and leader and floor general that'll help you know what i mean that'll really balance things out and like i said positive vibes only you know what i mean immaculate vibes only you know what i mean it's it's it's, it's like wishful thinking but you know as fans like we drive ourselves crazy if we're not thinking wishfully because i'll be i'll be damned if i'm gonna be like a chicken little motherfucker you know what i mean just like <laughs> crying about the sky falling and it's just like a fucking <laughs> twig that fell off a tree get out of here you know what i mean Facts. and like you know i i agree with what you're saying and rose is a student of the game. You're not, you're not in this league for this many years and not pick up a thing or two. You play with Kobe for a lot of years. He understands the kind of mental psychology games that you kind of have to play. And if Randall face-to-face does isn't receptive to what people have to say, which is what we've seen, like dudes slamming laptops and shit, you kind of have to go you kind of have to go through different routes and maybe, I guess, you know, call, not calling him out, but like putting it out there publicly that, that this is what we're doing as a team. We're going to hold ourselves accountable. Letting him hear it will force him to have to do it without having someone having to directly say it to his face. So yeah, you know, two two birds, one stone. You know, set the precedent for the season in general. Reset and tell you know not just Randall. You want the other younger guys to know that they're going to be held accountable. You want Jalen Brunson to know he's going to be held accountable, even down to Tibbs. But yeah, you know, Rand- Randall especially nudge nudge. You know, Randall. We hope we hope you can hold yourself accountable. Make that a shove shove, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, Randall also came out and said, like, he would also like to see less of point Randall. He'd like to play more off ball and, like, uh, um, let the ball be in the hands of, you know, playmakers like Jalen Brunson, Derek Rose. So, I mean, hopefully he holds himself accountable to that. I'm not really counting on it fully, but, you know, that's what media days for to hear these sweet, sweet nothings, to right. hear all these. Uh, First thing I thought when I saw this. that quote, bro, Randall was like, oh, okay, he didn't just lose weight this summer. He gained some self-awareness. Yo, two <laughs> birds, one stone for Randall right there, too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's just, we're hoping for the two main antagonists of last season, Tibbs and Randall, to fix all that shit. And we'll see, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I maybe we Brunson even, we is, didn't is even. The, the key, you know? We didn't even plan it, and it just ended up being, like, down to Tibbs and Randall's, like, if you just come down to it. Hey, trauma, I'll say, buddy. like, shout out Media Day, because I totally forgot that Trevor Keels was drafted by the Knicks this offseason until I seen the picture of him and RJ and, like, the Duke thing, and I was like, oh, shit, right. Like, we got Trevor Keels you on the team, You thought that was a random too. Duke like, student, like, bring your kid to school day or some shit, <laughs> bring your kid to work like, day? Who, wait, who, what's the, who is that? Like, I never seen that number on the Knicks. And then, oh... <laughs> He's a he's only he's, he's a two way contract, right? So you know, he'll, I think he'll be this season's deuce, just putting up big numbers. Hopefully, yeah. I think Deuce is going to be this season's deuce again, like <laughs> not getting the minutes and shit. It's going to be tough. But let me ask you all this though, since we kind of hit on it, and I don't want to get into solid predictions yet. Obviously, we have they haven't even really played preseason yet. But do you guys would you guys be upset? Would it be a problem if like opening night, Fournier is starting instead of Grimes? Like, I know right now we're saying wait and see. You know what I mean? We had those kind of differing opinions about what Tibbs said. But would y'all personally, you know, be upset if Fournier's starting? Because, you know, obviously there are Nick fans out there that hate Fournier's guts and others that would just, you know, kind of just like, right, well, you know, we're n- I'm not going to be mad about him starting. But how y'all feel? I w- also, I would look, I'd be mad. I'd, I'd, I'd definitely be mad if he started, unless it worked. Like, if we if we win the game, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to sit and nitpick if we win the game. But, you know, the whole Grimes debacle, not debacle over the summer, but the whole, you know, I don't want to talk about he who must not be named Donovan Mitchell, but the whole, like, you know, we held on to Grimes for a reason. Like, we were coveting him as, like, some, like, we're not going to trade him. Like, he has to start this, that. So, and on top of that, like, just with the Jalen Brunson, RJ Randall, you know, fit, I would love to see a defensive guy like Grimes take over that position. So I would be frustrated in basketball terms. But, again, like I said, if we win the game, I'm not going to, like, nitpick at it. Like, if it works, it works. Everyone is a good player. He's a he's a pro's pro. It's just, like, the def- defense has been bad. <laughs> that, that, that's what my main concern is. Yeah, and at the start of the game, you want to come in hot. And Evan Fournier arguably is the best shooter on the team. Shooting is a necessity to win games. I mean, you, you have hey, basketball. What? I mean, go figure, right? <laughs> you you need to be able to shoot games. And when you have you know a couple of ball dominant players like Brunson, RJ, and Randall, you need that one guy who just zooming out everywhere trying to catch the ball and just hit a three in like fifty different ways. And Fournier is a three point specialist. He could. He could shoot the three in so many different ways that other players can't, you know. And if it comes down down the wire, then yeah, you kind of want to see Quentin Grimes in in the lineup. He he should be, he's more important to close games rather than starting. Is you need that player to set the tone at least three point wise. And Evan Fournier right now is a is a better three point shooter than Quentin Grimes. Maybe there are a couple of stats that you know people pull out that shows that Quentin might be better. But I think just from an eyeball test, I mean, he he leads he owns the NBA franchise the uh, sorry the Knicks franchise's NBA record for a reason so I I wouldn't be upset 
if he starts, I'm not against it. I wouldn't even I, I wouldn't mind it if he was if he were starting, honestly. Yeah, I mean he's definitely the more proven shooter, but what I found problematic today just based off what Tibbs said, he's like, Oh, you know, with uh, Julius, uh Brunson, I'm paraphrasing, but he was just like with Julius, Brunson and RJ, guys that will need the ball are more ball dominant, you're gonna need that shooting out there to complement them, right? And he used that to kinda like obviously uh, to to frame his reasoning for you know, Fournier being the front runner. But one could argue that, like, you know, Grimes will give you that same comparable level of shooting, but he's a better, you know, low-usage, defender, gritty kind of guy, that 3 and D guy, you know. And that's kind of where, if, if you're going to be one of those folks that's frustrated by what you heard from Tips today, I'm not there yet, but that's kind of my thing with it. It's just like, it's okay to prioritize shooting, but, you know, him being that defensive-oriented guy, you would think that shooting would be weighed the same as the the defense right because it's not even a competition there we already seen grimes like his instincts as a rookie defensively were crazy he was out there showing capably defending the point of attack and point guards you know what i mean and in a situation where we got brunson rj julius as a, as we hit on ball dominant guys i think you know it's kind of like the whole reggie bullock theory right like randall seemed to work better when he just had like that three and d dude playing on the wing as opposed to fournier a guy that like okay he's he can do more, and it kind of got maybe that got into Julius's head. Like, oh, how do I defer to a guy that isn't just a spot up threat? You know what I mean? That's that's where I'm coming at it. But you know, I think I, I say all that to say that I'm not gonna be pissed if you know starting lineup Fournier is there. You know what I mean? Just chit chat in French with our with our young Canadian son. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I'm not gonna be mad about it, especially like that's why you said if we win. But I'm gonna be seeing who's closing those lineups, especially that game one, and just how how long it's gonna take for Tibbs to finally like okay. It's 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 tough for an old dog to learn new tricks, but like yo, pick up a new trick or two, bro. Like just fucking start Grimes. You know what I mean? I want to <laughs> see how long that takes when it becomes clear, because it was clear last season when Grimes was the much better defender and his shooting potential was crazy. Like still to this day, I'm like awestruck when I see him shoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's that's that's I guess my whole thinking around it. But yeah, I think we're all kind of taking that rational take here. And but Fournier it, would be valid as fuck coming off the bench. Like you would not, you can't keep up with the dude if he's coming off the bench. So we're gonna be dropping points left and right, especially if IQ and Obi are right with him. Like that's gonna be a death lineup for for uh, as a second unit. So especially when like with D Rose being as old as he is, year fifteen, he's probably gonna have those games where he can't play. Or he's gonna have rest days. If Fournier's off the bench, and we've seen it in like FIBA, and obviously FIBA's a whole different game, much more physical. You're allowed to do a bit more, but. With the France team, he's allowed to be more of a playmaker, like attack from the middle of the court as opposed to spotting up and playing off of a, a, a post threat like Julius, right? And I think those opportunities will be there much more for him as a bench player than like when he's starting, you know what I mean? I just think like it's a misuse of his talent almost. He's almost over, he's overqualified to be like a 3 and D starter. He's underqualified on the defensive end, but he's overqualified offensively to, you know, be a 3 and D fit with that lineup is what I'm thinking, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree, bro. Like, Fournier would kill on the bench. I've been, we, I feel like we've all been saying that for, like, the last year and a half, right? And I'm just thinking, like, those days where just, like, it's going to be Fournier and IQ just running the second unit, just getting their, their ball handling touches and, like, kind of, like, playing off each other. That, I think that could be beautiful basketball, you know? So, yeah, we'll see what happens. I, I think it just goes back to, like, Tibbs' style of coaching. I think the main concern is, like, how he will start a starting lineup and then he'll always close out the game with that same starting lineup where, like, I like what you guys are saying. Like, it definitely is much more important who you close out the game with as opposed to who starts. The starters are just, like, an arbitrary, like, it's what shows up on the screen. Like, these people started. But, like, the worry with Tibbs is that 
the players he starts are the ones who are going to get the 35 minutes per game. You know what I'm trying to say? If he, like, finds a way to incorporate Grimes and Fournier, like, we see Grimes playing a lot. Like, you know, the first uh, um, substitution is Grimes coming in for Fournier maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes in. That would be fantastic. Like, I, you know, Grimes gets his reps in, all that. But it's just so hard to see that with Tibbs. And I guess, like, everything comes back to his coaching style. And I hope I hope an old dog can learn new tricks. I didn't know he could even grow facial hair till this year. So Crazy, right? Like, I thought he was an NPC. Like, oh, you got a new mod. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, more important than Quinn Grimes and Evan Fournier, I think are Obi Toppin and Randall. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys caught what – what Tibbs said, but he said when asked how to best utilize both Toppin and Randall, he said, quote, it's based on performance, who fits best together. It's not fantasy basketball. It's what makes the group work best. It's just he's saying the same whole shit over that, and over yeah. again. See, bro. I didn't even catch that today. That's like, that shit hey. like a quick mini rant. That fantasy basketball shit kind of goes to the whole condescending what? bullshit he did last year. He was like, oh, you need to watch the game three times. Yeah. These Twitter experts, whatever. Like, yo, bro, this old man is like yelling at a cloud. Like, you won't hear Spolstra, Nick Nurse, or any of these modern-type coaches say some shit like that. Like, it's not fantasy basketball. Oh, yeah, tell Spolstra then. He's out there playing, like, five, six, five players, fucking Duncan Robinson getting center minutes. I, I'm just obviously making that shit up. But it's like, you know what I mean? These are what the good coaches do. They experiment and, like, game plan based on the opponent, right? Tibbs can't do that in the regular season, which is a little more inexcusable. Uh, but then he definitely doesn't do that in the playoffs in his entire career, right? So it's just like... I didn't even cast that second quote. So now I'm, I'm officially pissed, <laughs> pissed off today already. Like, fuck, Tibbs. <laughs> and, yeah, like, what, what does that mean? Who fits best together? I mean, we're, we want to know if they fit well together. We're talking yeah, about these two together, guys. See what works. Play them together. He said, no, it's about who fits best together. I mean, well, I, we think they can fit okay together. Let's just see and, and then experiment. That's your number eighth pick. That's That was, that was your lottery pick. That's your last lottery pick that you had so far, and who's outperformed a lot of guys in that last month or so with dropping 42 points and whatever yeah. else he did, you know? And Yeah, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, not to even interrupt, but like going off more on tips, it's just like, yo, he was saying that condescending, like it's not fantasy basketball as a shot, but like, yo, he just indirectly admitted that he's not a, that good of a coach because a good coach will make it fit. You know what I mean? It's about how they fit. You know what I mean? Like, even the lineup data, the small lineup data we saw last preseason and the, the few minutes they would share on the court together it's an offensive like flamethrower you know what i mean and like it's about that's tibbs indirectly saying like i can't get these players to buy into that idea which to me is a failing as a coach right like it's a, as a coach one of your biggest things is being able to get the roster to buy in and if you can't get julius to see the fact that like yeah we have this young player we spent capital on who yeah, he plays the same position as you, but it's 2022 going on 2023 in the NBA. You guys can play the fuck, play, play the fuck together. You know what I mean? It's an ego thing because he doesn't yeah, want he yeah. doesn't want to do it because everybody else is telling him to do it. He's like, "No, nah, fuck you. I will figure it out. I'll do it my way, and that's how we're gonna win." It's it's uh yeah. I think, I think Tibbs is showing his his basketball knowledge because like I seen someone on Twitter say it like if he really means the things he's saying about it's based on performance, this that like. You're just not a good evaluator of talent. And we kind of knew that from before with Tibbs when we saw him as like the pseudo GM of the Timberwolves where like his talent evaluation skills aren't that great. But he's like wearing that shit on his sleeve. Like he's showing it to everyone. Like, yeah, bro. like yeah, he's a good defensive specialist type of coach. But 
talent evaluation wise, like understanding who maybe maybe like how to like change up lineups, he's he's too rigid in his ways. And I'm hoping he can see the writing on the wall in terms of like we saw Leon Rose come out at the end of the season say that we're trying to shift towards a youth moment. Like you said, his uh, mouth pe- mouth meat puppet <laughs> Mark Berman was talking about. We got to move towards the youth. So like, hopefully he sees the writing on the wall and understands his job is in jeopardy if he doesn't do something different. So he should change it up because this might be his last opportunity to be a, a head coach in the NBA. He left his about, he left his fiance for it. He literally doesn't have a wife because of it. So it's just all about hope. You know what I mean? And like we all hit hit it on the head. But it's like yo, it's just like I'm just gonna get tired of like uh, like I was pro tips and like objectively seeing he's a, he's not a bad coach. I'll say that right now. He's not bad. He's not terrible. He, and like right. the old cliche, he's forgot more about basketball than we will ever know. But these right. motherfuckers saying it's like a chess move for him to like keep the young kids motivated. All right, he keeps thinking it's a chess move while he's playing Chinese checkers, and then the opponents over there about to do checkmate. You know what I mean? And then that's what happened last season. You know what I mean? So we'll see. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to get my blood pressure crazy, and we haven't even had a basketball hit the fucking court yet. But come on, Tibbs. You know what I mean? Like, please prove us wrong. That as a fan, we'd be ecstatic, right? Like we two years ago, the flashback, we all wanted to give Julius away. He shut us the fuck up. You know what I mean? I want him to do that again this season. I want Tibbs to shut me the fuck up because at the end of the day, we're Knicks fans, right? But we also got to operate in reality and reality saying an old dude like Tibbs is tough for him to just completely, you know what I mean? Beard or no beard, just completely change up. Yeah. You know? It's a somber note after we start with positivity once again. You know what I mean? Well, I think we like, <laughs> we got to get better at that, right? But uh, well, any last thing side, to add, Mo? Uh, or? On, the, on the bright side, next week we get Knicks basketball. The Knicks are back next season. Next week, not next season. Technically, both. Next season is next week. Next season starts next week. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. God damn, bro, it's been mad long. It's been longest. It's been six, six months, five months since we last seen them play. So I'm excited. We gotta hit up a game. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Any closing words, Faiz? As we uh, close out this inaugural episode of season five, Is that the right um, way to say inaugural. I, I know I said it like six different times, but you know, really excited to be part of season five of Nickish. You know, so make it a make it a nice number seven in in, uh, in homage to Mellow. You know what I mean, just let's do it. The whole theme. You know what I mean, stay Mellow. <laughs> All right. So oh, we did, I just realized we went the whole off season and we didn't get Mellow on the team. So guess it didn't work, yeah. right? Yet Melo's a wily vet. He's like, fuck, he's like, fuck that training camp shit. Oh, I'm gonna be out in Barbados. <laughs> Y'all, let me know you have a power forward opening. <laughs> we will never see Obi Top if Melo's on this team, bro. That man, the Top <laughs> is never gonna evil. get on the court. Barry, I love like, Melo. Completely Barry. One of my favorite players of all time, but he should he doesn't have to come to New York, bro. There are plenty of other teams. Yeah, let I him d- win ideally a chip. it would have been doesn't have to be in New York. Ideally, it would have been like we ship out Randall, Obi starts, and Melo just you know yeah. plays off the bench. But that's never gonna happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Hopefully, hopefully we could see Melo get that ring. I'm convinced if Danny Ainge wasn't such a piece of shit, that would all came to fruition. We get Donnie, we get Melo. Vibes are crazy this season. Then that old fucking Utah fucked us. So fuck you, Ainge. How about that? Good way to start season. Five. Per- perfect way to end the first episode of season mm-hmm. five. Fuck you, Ainge. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to this fifth. Sorry, episode one of our fifth season. We appreciate you guys. We uh, we appreciate you guys. See, after Preaching five years, okay. after five years, it's still not clear and concise all the way. It's okay, so LeBron's airballed a free throw in preseason right. game before. I'm you're pretty right. sure. 
that's that's mm-hmm. what happens. Now we appreciate you guys checking out this episode of Nickish. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish NYC. Subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to our website nick-ish.com. You'll get the latest news of all of our apparel drops. And uh, make sure you keep an eye out. September twenty eighth, Wednesday, eight p.m. Our Nickish hats, snapbacks, Borough Pride hats are all going live. Make sure you cop one. They're only being sold in limited quantity. And uh, just keep an eye out for uh, other apparel that's coming. We got a. A, se- a, a, a main piece of the season that's going to be dropped later in October. So just keep an eye out for it. Until next time, take care. Peace. Peace. Peace.